You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. NHL Night with your host, the sports, a.k.a. Peter Lebowski, a.k.a. Jeremiah Maxwell. And with him, as always, maybe Perlo Wisdom and Rico and Barry. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for being here. Uh, I did the hey, hey, what do you say as a tribute to John Forslund because we've got the Emerald City Hockey Boys, Dylan and RJ. Uh, check them out there. If you, if uh, the link for their website and their YouTube channel is in the comments of this. So if you're not familiar with them and you're a diehard Emerald city hockey fan and our, our mod salty's already in giving you props. So uh, just so glad you guys could take the time. Uh, we got a couple of games that we'll talk about, but we're not going to keep the Emerald city guys all night. Uh, we want to get right into it, man. Dylan, RJ, how's the season been going for Emerald City? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's It's been a season so far. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's been a slow start for the Kraken. Uh, so that's it's been interesting. But you know what? They had a big win, beat the Lightning for the first time in franchise history, their last game, hoping that the new month brings, uh, you know, so, some new momentum. Yeah, as yeah, it did uh, in previous seasons. The Kraken have started pretty slow in October, all three seasons they've been around. Thankfully, that last one seems like it might be the sign of turning things around. They come back home. Uh, I went to their practice today as they kind of got back on the ice and, and got used to everything again. And uh, good timing with the hey, hey, what do you say? Because actually tomorrow is John Forslund bobblehead night. It's a talking bobblehead giveaway at the game for the first 10,000 fans. 
Nice. Yeah. At only 300 bucks a ticket, they should probably throw in a bobblehead, right? <laughs> hey, you know, I, I bet you, you know, I, I don't approve of this, but if you wanted to like turn around and, you know, put it on eBay, it'd probably pay for the ticket. Those things you are going to be popular. I imagine. I imagine. Well, and, you know, uh, any indication that Seattle is a first class organization was the fact that they hired him. Uh, and then they bring in Eddie Olchek. Um, I know they have some other uh guys working there uh their other sideline guy escapes me i feel bad not knowing his name right now maybe because they regionally left the games out in alaska anyway um so our my man perlo who's in here he was not a believer in them this year he said they shot too high up for percentage last year and it wasn't repeatable um i like to say too though i mean i feel like before we i get in the weeds of it like you know losing daniel sprong and donato those are big uh those are big moves. You know, those are, those are not, those guys played big roles for Seattle last year, I thought. And um, I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, they, they were a big part of the fourth line, which, you know, a lot of times kind of bailed the cracking out in close games. That fourth line was the difference maker for them. The fact that you had Morgan geeky as well. in there you had um, uh, Daniel Sprong. I mean, these guys scored a decent amount of goals, more than most fourth liners do teams and that was a big part of the Kraken's key to success but we knew Dave Axtell wanted to move more towards a traditional fourth line they felt like they wanted that for the postseason uh, and then just with the development of guys like Ty Cartier you know th- there needed to be spots there's just not enough spots for everybody on the roster not enough spots in the lineup you go out you get a, a Belmar to bring him in you needed somebody who could help come in and win face-offs they needed to do that and so it's just you know yeah. it's not enough spots yeah, 44 like goals from between Sprong, Geeky, and Donato. Those three guys, like there's no way, you know, Belmar, Karche, Tanev, they're not replacing 44 goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw the comment down there, Sprong doing great in Detroit. He sure is, seven points in 10 games. We know he's capable of it, but I just think Haxtell wanted a different look. Yeah, so outside of them kind of getting a slow start, I, I mean, I noticed today from your uh, Twitter that uh, four goals in six games for... Uh, Shane Wright down at uh, Coachella Valley. Um, you know, you know. I wanted to ask you this question. This was the big one, and then I want to let uh, um, Perlo and Rico talk to you guys. But to me, wouldn't it not be the worst thing in the world if Seattle missed the playoffs and maybe got a top 10 pick again just to add a little bit more of that? Because for me, it looks like they're not going to go the route that Vegas did where Vegas, yeah, they got all these great guys. And I actually like Seattle's. Uh, expansion draft. I, I thought they were being criticized, but they didn't take on a lot of terrible contracts. Um, but you know that you're going to need that high-end talent to maybe get you over the top. You beat the defending cup champions last year, I think because of depth and they were a little bit banged up, but I loved how they played. I, I think Dallas, that series could have went anywhere. You could have found yourself really close to the Eastern conference or the Western conference finals. Do you feel like maybe a, you know, two steps forward, three steps back this year. Maybe if you don't make the playoffs, you get a high prospect back, another one to add into the system. Well, how do you guys feel there? I, I'm sorry, I'll go first. Uh, right, go I don't know. Their, their pipeline's pretty stuffed as is. And because they were an expansion team, again, like, like the problem with keeping the fourth line from last year, there's nowhere to put anybody, really, right? Like, like even with Shane Wright. Shane Wright's thrown it in the AHL. There's no space for him on the NHL roster, right? 
this, this upcoming season, this is really the last year that you've got the contract of Alexander Wenberg. You've got Jordan Everly under contract. Yanni Gord's up next year. A lot of the expansion guys are going to start coming off the books in the upcoming seasons. Then you're going to start to have more space for them. But, I mean, it's not like their pipeline is, you know, the cupboards are not bare right now, right? Riker Evans would be on the big club anywhere else, basically. It's just, again, there's not enough spots on the blue line for him. So he's back down in Coachella Valley. But he has earned the right to be an NHL player. Shane Wright, like we talked about. And then you look at some of the guys, you know, in Major Junior. Jagger Furcus is on fire right now. He's got 16 goals and 29 points in 14 games playing in the WHL. Carson Rykoff, uh, their second-round pick from this last season, is second in the OHL in scoring. Like They have prospects. So even though they haven't been picking high, they've, they've still got an amazing pipeline. Yeah, and I think it's never bad to add another, you know, really high-end prospect to a young core. But I think in the greater context of things, it would be a bad thing for the Kraken to miss the playoffs, even if they got another top 10 pick. Um, as Dylan mentioned, like they have a lot of really good prospects. The cupboards are not bare. But watching this team, I mean, you do look at them and you say, yeah, they could probably use another star player to pair with these guys. They're probably one star player away, it feels like. But I think that comes next offseason when you get contracts like Wenberg, Drieger, possibly Everly off the books. You're going to have enough money to go after one player that has pretty much any cap hit you want. They're going to have about $11 million to play with there. And I think that's where you need to make an addition to somebody who's you know not necessarily an 18-year-old who's going to be a few years away, someone who can kind of fit the core right now and then you'll kind of see the team probably start to make the next step um rico you have any questions for the guys uh nothing i wrote down but it, one quick probably a few more but one one quick one and i don't know if i should know this already is who who do you think the kraken's biggest rival is so far since being being entered into the league that's a good question. You mind if I handle that one first, Go Dylan? For it. Go for it. Um, so when they came into the league, everyone was kind of pushing the Vancouver rivalry that it was supposed to be the Canucks. And I mean, that really, you know, hasn't hasn't caught fire yet. Uh, Vegas is another one that, you know, maybe there's a little bit of animosity there with Kraken fans. But I think it has to be Colorado. And that was confirmed early this season at the home opener and everything, just because of the bad blood that was generated during that playoff series last year. You have Kill McCarr taking out Jared McCann uh, with a dirty hit for a few games. You have Jordan Eberle hitting Andrew Cogliano, ended up breaking his neck, even though you know no one could really tell at the time. But you just have a lot of that kind of hatred back and forth, and uh, you know it it carried over into this season too. You look at the home opener and uh, the Avs had, I think it was Logan O'Connor go right after Jordan Everly to answer for that hit in a fight. And there was a little bit of nastiness kind of throughout that whole game. So I, I think Colorado, weirdly enough, I wouldn't have thought so a couple of years ago, but that's who I'd go with. Yeah. It's certainly the one the fans get most like into right now. I mean, there's, there is an element of it with Vegas just because they're the two most recent expansion teams, but it feels like at least a lot on the Seattle side, everybody's just kind of like tired of always being compared to Vegas for like, you know, just because we're all so new. Uh, Colorado is the one where you get like, you know, all 17,000 people at Climate Pledge Arena booing Kale McCarr every time he touches the puck, you know, all uh, half a year after that last playoff series. So it's definitely Colorado. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. Perlo, you got you got any questions for the boys? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um... How confident are you with the goaltender for Seattle? You want to take it first, Dylan, or should I go? I, you can go for it. 
You know, this season, I, I actually feel pretty darn confident about it. And the reason is they have two goalies who are both playing pretty well consistently with Grubauer and Decord. Um, and I know Grubauer wasn't getting a whole lot of goal support early on, but you look at those first two games that he played, both losses, but he was excellent. There was nothing better he could have done. And the Kraken's goal scoring issues were the problem. They got shut out in one of those games. They only scored one in the other. Um, so I'm, I'm really confident. Joey Decord has looked like a legitimate NHL tandem goalie. And I think Dave Haxtall believes in him too. That's what gives me a lot of confidence is that Haxtall is not going to be afraid to play him the 30 or so games that he needs to play to keep Grubauer fresh down the stretch. Cause that was one of my big worries going into the season is that Haxtall maybe wouldn't trust Joey Decord enough. They were going to play Grubauer a whole bunch of games. And by the time the playoffs rolled around, he was going to be really burnt out. But I think Haxtell fully trusts Joey Decord. He even mentioned so at practice today. He said, you know, we've got two guys that are both playing really well. They support each other well. Um, and that gives me a whole lot of confidence in net. The Kraken have had some struggles early, but goaltending certainly has not been one of them. Yeah, I, I feel like so far this is the best that the Kraken goaltending has looked in any given season, right? Season one, we had the historic lows from Philip Grubauer, just absolute ridiculous, uh, you know, goals saved above expected. He was at nine minus 30 or something halfway through the season, like just unbelievable. Um, and then last year you had like the interesting case of maybe Philip Grubauer being the better goaltender, but Martin Jones getting all the goal support and all the wins. And it kind of created this weird tandem that Hackstall had to manage. Um, but this year it's just, it feels like the Kraken are, are solid each and every night, the, no matter who they throw in. And that's kind of been something that's new for the Kraken and I'm, I'm liking it. <laughs> Okay, how concerned are you with the slow start, though, that they're going to be scrapping for a playoff spot? Like, a, they're not going to be in the top three of the Pacific. Um, I still think that we're probably going to see five teams from the Pacific make the playoffs. It's just stacked. Vancouver looks incredible to me this year. Um, Edmonton looks like a dumpster fire. Couldn't make me happier. Uh, love what's going on there. Uh, really sad to see what's happening in Calgary. I hope they figure it out. They're, they're playing Dallas close tonight, but uh, it's 3-2 Dallas right now. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on, on the Kraken fighting for a playoff spot? I know it's October so it's, yeah. or November. It's November 1st. I know it's November 1st, but we're three weeks away from U.S. Thanksgiving, which is traditionally that mark if you're out. It's very hard to get back in. So I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Anyway, go ahead, guys. No, I, I think it's a fair question to ask, especially after how they started the season. But look, last year, this team finished with 100 points. They were a wild card team. Before the season, both RJ and I agreed. We both thought they were going to be a wild card team again. And last year, they started slow too. They're only one game off of what their start was last season. So despite the fact that this year it's looked a little rough, it's been very up and down with maybe more downs than ups. They're, they're virtually on the same pace that they were last season. So I'm not too worried about it. Assuming they can build momentum off this latest win against the Lightning, their schedule really lightens up here a little bit. They've only had three home games so far. They had two big road trips against almost exclusively playoff teams from last year. So now that the schedule lightens up a little bit, they get to come home. I, I think they're going to be able to string wins together, and it's not going to look nearly as bad as it did a week ago. Yeah, I think okay. by the end of November, we could all just kind of be forgetting about this stretch. They did this last season. And also, you look at the standings, too. Like, the, they have eight points. The team in the second wild card spot in the West has eight points. You know, it's it's still so close because it's November. You're going to get that parity also with the loser points, with the overtime losses. Like, it's a long season, and it's it's too early to be really worried about it. So our 
my man Salty has a question. He's a bite, by the way, he's a Red Wings Avalanche fan. So, um, uh, <laughs> but he lives in Michigan too. So go figure. But he's a great guy. Love you, Salty. Comes in and he mods for us, which we don't need because we don't get the traffic. But um, we're just getting started. He says, Do you guys feel confident in Riker Evans? He looked good in the AHL playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Riker Evans, look, he's he's an extremely talented puck mover. His vision when he has the puck on his stick is unbelievable. I've been fortunate enough to watch him at several Coachella Valley games, be there for that playoff run, and he's he's fantastic. And we got to see that during training camp with the Kraken, through the preseason with the Kraken. They gave him a lot of opportunities in the preseason. Vince Dunn was a little banged up through most of the preseason, so Riker Evans was able to come and play with Adam Larson and we saw that offensive skill on display through all of those games does he need to work on the defense still yes it's gotten a lot better uh these last couple of years particularly I feel like this offseason it's taken a massive leap um from where he was at say training camp last year to training camp this year um but like I said earlier he you know in most situations he would be on the NHL roster right now it's just because you're still so fresh off that expansion draft you have so much NHL caliber depth it's kind of hard to move past that and excel past it um but otherwise yeah he, his offensive game is ready to play right now he could probably step into a top four role running the top unit power play especially on the crack and we could always use somebody uh to help run that power play he looked fantastic at that through the preseason Riker Evans is a stud and and he's going to be for a long time yeah, and I'll, I'll let Dylan kind of handle just, you know, the, the prospect view of it and, you know, gauging the, how well the player is playing. I agree with the sentiment as far as training camp and seeing him, but we might not see him for a little while just because of the way the contracts are set up. When you bring in Brian Dumoulin on a two-year deal, uh, you really have seven guys who are kind of NHL veteran regulars on that roster with uh, Megna being the scratch every night. And he's probably you know too good to be a scratch every night but that's just kind of where the Kraken are left um so it'll take maybe a couple injuries uh, before we would see Riker Evans at the NHL level but Justin Schultz's contract is up at the end of the season and that seems like the perfect place for Riker Evans to come in very similar style player more offensively minded all of that kind of stuff so next year it, it already seems like kind of that spot's being held for him so you guys are really banking on them kind of letting, I know Justin Schultz wasn't a part of the expansion draft. He was a free agent signing from the Capitals, uh, also played in Pittsburgh, Edmonton. Um, you guys, like you're talking about Eberly, Wenberg, Justin Schultz. These guys are gone in your mind. So do the Seattle, are the Seattle Kraken like a big time free agent player in the off season here? Do they go after maybe a Willie Nylander or something like that? What do you think there? Yeah. We, we certainly think it, they should. <laughs> yeah, they certainly yeah. can be. I mean, they'll have the cap space to do it. They'll have those contracts coming off the books. I don't know whether it'll necessarily be a free agent. I mean, you know, for all we know, Nylander could re-sign with the Leafs in the next few months. And, you know, that conversation goes away. But I think Ron Francis is in the position where he can absolutely go big game hunting this offseason. And I think he kind of needs to if the team's going to take that next step. So any big names that are out there, particularly forwards, maybe a, a scoring winger, I think the Kraken are going to be involved in those conversations. Definitely. Is, is there any... Oh, go ahead, Rico. Go ahead. You asked. One thing I was thinking of before the season started, one guy that was mentioned with the Kraken was Matty Beniers as maybe being like a two-way player, maybe a future sulky kind of player, but leading the team at minus 12 and a plus minus right now and, and getting, you know, not, not, not a ton of points. What, what do you see from Matt Beniers so far this year? Good and bad. 
Yeah, so he's definitely a two-way guy. This is a guy that, you know, even in his draft year, you ask him what he needs to work on, and he was very blunt. He was like, it's my shot. Like, his shot was not NHL-ready back when he was drafted. He was drafted on the back of, you know, he models his game after Patrice Bergeron, and he has a lot of that in him. Ron Francis talked about seeing a lot of his game in Matty Beniers, very much built in that two-way mold. Um the plus minus, I think, has been a little misleading, uh, as plus minus tends to be for, for mm-hmm. most guys. Uh, he is still, you know, uh, just a fantastic defensive forward. Uh, what he's able to do, I, you know, Yanni Gord's still probably their best guy at that. But, you know, Yanni Gord's just one of the best in the league. But Matty Beniers is right there with him. Matty's he's struggling offensively right now. He's never been the offensive point producer. He still helps generate a lot of offense. Um, we're seeing him almost every single game. He gets a two on one opportunity. It's just been a lot of hitting of the post, a lot of, you know, just a, a pass goes slightly off or the other guy hits a post. Like it's been a lot of bad luck that's kept him off the score sheet a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I know a lot of people expected, you know, more coming off the Calder trophy and, and everything like that. But the bottom line is his game has always been to, you know, be that more defensive guy. And then if you look at like expected goals percentage, what his lines have been able to do this year has been absolutely incredible. The first couple games that, uh, Cartier and he had Everly on his wing, that line was at 80% expected goals percentage while they were out there through a couple games. Like they were just absolutely dominating. So again, the numbers don't look good but if you're watching the games you're looking at what he's doing the underlying numbers it's all still really solid for maddie yeah and you look at veneers i mean i'm on money puck right now i wanted to pull it up good job bringing uh bringing it up dylan there but yeah the kraken's two of their top three lines by expected goals percentage are, are the two with maddie veneers on them with Karchi and everly and then with mccann and everly they're getting the chances they're just not finishing on them and it's it's not just him it's his line mates too and through the first three or four games it felt like that line was generating like a two-on-one or a, you know a couple odd man rushes every single night that they just weren't putting in the back of the net and i i don't think that's going to continue forever but for the time being i think dave haxtell has also realized that okay you know they're not finishing right now and if you look at the last game against tampa they really played more of a third line role you had the gord line you had the wenberg line both playing about 13 minutes of even strength hockey and then you had the veneers line at like seven minutes down playing less than them so i think haxtell is kind of trying to adjust things a little bit give him a little bit more room a little bit less pressure and just some time to kind of find the finishing aspect of his game for sure, it makes sense. I mean, last year Seattle was a four-line team, and they came match you. Like there was, you know, there was a lot of contributions up and down the lineup last year. A lot of guys getting points, a lot of guys contributing, a lot of guys working with each other. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of Beniers. That's why I brought it up. So I'm sure he's gonna, sure he's gonna cash on what he's been what he's been doing on the ice instead of on the stat sheet for sure. That, yeah. And- that- Oh, oh sorry, it. Dylan. I just have a follow-up about Rico's question with Veneers. He is an RFA at the end of this year, correct? Yes. Hard to believe. So I've I've been I've heard through the rumor mill somewhere in the vicinity of eight, eight and a half is what his camp is asking. I don't know if that's unreasonable to you guys. How is that sitting? And do you think maybe that's affecting his play because they don't have a deal done or they didn't do an extension? I mean, I personally think it probably would have been a little bit preemptive to do an extension before the beginning of the season. But um, what after January, they can do an extension with him, correct? So uh, They could do it with him now. 
Oh, they can do it now. Okay. Yeah. yeah and Ron Francis, I, I did ask him about it this summer and he said it was something that he hoped to get done over the summer. It didn't end up happening, but you know, there's a number of reasons why that might be the case. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, let Dylan talk about maybe why it would be good for Matty Beneers to wait. Certainly if I was his camp, I'd be asking for well over eight and a half. I'd be probably mm-hmm. asking around that 10 million mark. I think, you know, that's, that's probably where my ask would start. I think it'll probably come in around in between you know, eight and a half and nine and a half, maybe around the nine million mark is what I would guess oh, on an eight year deal if that's what they do. Um, but I think there are some reasons that actually might benefit him to wait. Yeah. And the, the first and foremost one being the fact that the salary cap's going to jump, right? Like why, why lock yourself in now with the lower cap when you could wait a little longer, get the same percentage of the cap, but you're making more money, right? You might as well. Um, so I, I still think that's probably the thing for him. Um, I, you know, I, I think that certainly if you can get him for eight or eight and a half and you lock him up for eight years, if you're the crack and you have to do that, right? We see it through all the competitive teams around this league. What everybody's trying to do is you're trying to find a center you can build around and you want to lock them up for as cheap as you can long term. And eight, eight and a half these days would be cheap for that top line center that you're going to rely on that you're going to have for all prime years right you're not really having to worry about that contract aging poorly from from his age perspective because he's going to be what like 28 29 by the time it comes up so i i still think it's in the best interest of the kraken to try to get something done if you were veneers yeah you were coming off the calder trophy but you probably felt like you could take a step and grow and then wait for that cap hit uh, the cap to jump the following off season and i still think that's what him and really a lot of young players are doing yeah, I mean, we're seeing Buffalo lock up their – they're the youngest team in the league, right? And yep. they're locking up their guys for really affordable, good deals. Um, I would just say as a guy who wants to see Seattle be successful, maybe Ron should show uh, Maddie Patrice Bergeron's contract since he's the parallel and show him what he was making. Um, what did he make the last year he was in? Like $2 million or something ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, um, th- I mean, there's a reason Boston stayed competitive because those, I mean, yeah. Marshawn took less, Bergeron took less, Chara took less. A lot of those guys took a lot less money. Um, and I think, you know, look, I think Buffalo is going to be a, I mean, tonight I felt like Philly outplayed them. Uh, I think they had 36 to like 14 shots and Buffalo won 5-2. You know, they had an empty netter, but it's like, it's like, um, you know how it goes in hockey, right? Yep. We have a couple of questions in the chat. Uh, Andrew Ford uh, asked, does Stamkos make sense for the Kraken? I don't know, just because of the age. I don't know that he lines up with the rest of their core that well, particularly if he's going to want any sort of term. Um, one thing the Kraken do have is they, they have a log jam at center as well. So if Samkos was going to come, you'd have to push him off to the wing, most likely, for it to make any sense for them. Because you've got Matty Beniers. Um, you'll have Wenberg's contract coming off the books, but you've got Shane Wright there to replace him already. That's, that's built in. Shane Wright's looking great at the AHL level. He should be ready next year year for that and then you're still going to have Yanni Gord there's not really a space for for Steven Stamkos and then also for Stamkos at his age when a lot of the Kraken's core is you know they're younger they're they're still in their 20s and so I, I just don't know about that yeah, the term would scare me with that deal. I mean, he'll be 34 by the start of next season, and I just don't think he's going to be any kind of long-term solution. You know, I mean, sure, if he wants to take like a, a two-year deal at you know at barely a lot of money, yeah, give it to him. But I just don't think that's what he's going to be looking for. Certainly not somewhere aside from Tampa. Um, our, I I personally think he resigns there. Um, uh, Salty asked, "Do you feel confident in Shane Wright as a top six center?" 
yeah, I, I think, you know, is he going to maybe need a year as the third line center to just get used to the NHL and all that while Yanni Gord finishes out uh, next season, the last year under his contract? Probably. But Shane Wright, I mean, he's very similar to Matty Beniers in this, in, and Patrice Bergeron and all these names that we've been throwing around. He is a two-way center. He is a defense first center. I think he has a much better shot than uh, Matty Beniers kind of ever has. Uh, he has more of a scoring touch than Matty Beniers has, uh, but maybe at the expense of playmaking, right? It's all a trade-off, um, but he's he's another guy that is defensively responsible. He plays a 200-foot game. He's really, really conscious of that I'm going to play responsibly. I'm going to play disciplined. I'm going to keep the other team from doing something. Um, we've wanted him to be a bit more aggressive. I think the Kraken wanted him to be a bit more aggressive. We're starting to see that with the Firebirds. If he kind of maintains that with the with the shot that he has, uh, it's kind of a unique like release and delivery that he has. But with the shot that he has, I mean, yeah, I, I think he'll be a, a top six center, no problem. And somebody who can, you know, him and Matty Beniers are going to complement each other so well. And the Kraken will have those cornerstones to build around where you have that, those defensively responsible, still possession driving centers. That's, you know, kind of the hallmark of Stanley Cup champion teams. You yeah, I'll basically too. echo what Dylan said. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh go I ahead. was just gonna say, I apologize, uh, RJ. You want to, uh, you want to see that kid who uh, gave the glare to the Montreal table yeah. when he was drafted, right? You want to see that anger level? Go ahead, go ahead, RJ. No, he he still denies it, but uh, you know, if you ask him about it, he'll he still denies that's what he's doing. Should have owned um, it. He should have owned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, just basically echoing what Dylan said. I just think it is going to take some time, and and I, I would caution against expecting too much this season. Too, we're getting a lot of calls from from fans to maybe okay, they should call him up, call him up. You know, the kid's ready. Look at him. You know, going through the defense last night, scoring a big goal for Coachella Valley. You know, he's had some highlight real goals, but I think they got to stick to this plan with him of keeping him in Coachella Valley at least for the next little while don't put that pressure on him in the NHL right away I just think we need to not even so much temper our long-term expectations but just be patient with them I think that's what I'd urge for everyone yeah not everybody comes right out of juniors or and goes right into the NHL and makes it an instant impact we've been we've kind of been spoiled in this golden age of Crosby Ovechkin you know these guys that come in at 18 years old and score 140 points you know just like are ridiculous and uh I I for one don't mind seeing them uh, mature down in the always hungry league you know and just just tearing it up down there and and look hey Coachella Valley came one, one, what, one goal away from winning the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost to the Hershey Bears, who are a powerhouse. Yeah. You know, they're kind of a professional team. And I know they're the, my, the Capitals farm team. Just, uh, you know, in that realm, I know we're, uh, you know, Nick Backstrom stepping away. I think he's probably done. Uh, kind of a heartbreaking day for me. I, I don't want to say I, I was depressed, but I was pretty sad about it. But I mean, he what you know? He's he's kind of been done for the last couple of years. Um, any any thoughts there? Uh, the Caps now have nine and a half million dollars in space going forward. So there's. I that. know you have some thoughts on the Caps, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, well, I will start with. I was also pretty sad to see that from Nicholas Backstrom as well, just because you know he's been such a big part of what that Caps team is doing before the Kraken and everything. I was a Penguins fan. That rivalry, right, meant so much to me kind of growing up all through my teenage years, through my early 20s, all that stuff. Like, it was just always that rivalry between Crosby, Ovechkin. Sidney Crosby with all his Hall of Famers against Alex Ovechkin? 
Well, he had Backstrom through a lot of that, right? Backstrom's <laughs> a pretty think, good player. I will say this. I don't think Backy gets in the Hall of Fame. Probably not. I'm I'm with you there. But he was still a big part of it. And look, he's a great guy, right? You love seeing yeah, all the stuff through the 24-7 series way back in the day or or the fun commercials with Alex Ovechkin and stuff. And so it is, you know, this isn't this is never how you want to see like a, a storied player's career kind of come to an end. It's not what yeah. anybody wants. Um, so yeah, it was it was a little uh it was definitely disappointing to see that for, for the Capitals as a whole. Um, I mean, look, they're basically in the same situation as the Penguins, right? Like, it's just an ancient team kind of having to hold on as long I, as they can. I, 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 I have to cut you off. Yes. I completely disagree. Okay. The Capitals actually have what they call talent in their farm system. And the Pittsburgh <laughs> has none. It's null and void. But that's what you get right. when you're a big hey, I didn't say anything about farm systems. I'm talking about the teams on the ice right now in the NHL, okay? These are both old teams you know, just hanging on with these superstars for as long as they can, right? Obviously with Ovechkin, the whole goal is to get him to break Wayne's record. We all know that. I think everybody in the NHL is basically on board with it too. Um, it's just going to be, you know, can can they keep enough guys around him to make that happen right now? And just like with things in Pittsburgh, I don't know that they can. Caps are on a three-game win streak, Dylan. I don't know what you're watching. Dude, He's got, dude. It doesn't matter. Their the games are won cups, man. I was going to say, it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what what, yeah. what their record is, right? It matters how many goals Ovechkin can get each and every night, right? Like, that's that's the real thing for the Capitals, is it not? The Caps are not making the playoffs. Not a chance. No way. Not a chance. Yes. Not even close guy. to a chance. That the Washington Capitals are making the playoffs. So, Not even close. Uh, uh, before I uh, ask Perlo if he has anything for you guys related to the Seattle Kraken, because I don't want to go to the, down the Caps. We will talk <laughs> NHL with you guys, because I do want to get your some opinions on some things going around the league. We had two. The Backstrom thing was one of those things. Also, we had Ottawa fire Peter Dorian. Um, Michael Landauer, the owner, came out and said today, hey, I had no idea that we were at a potential of losing a third first-round pick. I just spent basically a billion dollars. Like, what the fuck? Sorry. So, excuse the language, guys. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, I, um, I, was, I was actually quite surprised. Um, not that Dorian got fired, and uh, I'm going to miss my favorite meme is him, like, smacking that cup. I know you guys know it. But um, before we get to the, those things, Andrew Ford, he's uh, one of our regulars. He lives in North Carolina, so I think he's a uh, Canes fan. But he was asking you guys, does Pesci or Taravainen make sense for Seattle? Do you guys see either of those guys fitting the bill? I, I mean, uh, go for it, RJ. Yeah, I mean, as far as Pesci, I I, I don't think so, just because given where, where the defense is, the contracts they have, I think you want to give Riker Evans that opportunity to step in. Schultz is going to step away. You're going to have one spot open. I, I don't think you can really bring in Pesci without moving around a whole lot of other stuff on the blue line. And then uh, Tara Vinen, I mean... I think they're going to want to aim a little bit higher as far as just production wise, bringing somebody in. I mean, I know, you know, he, he did have a couple, you know, 60, 70 point seasons a little while ago, but I think they're going to look for, you know, somebody who can put up 30 goals and that's just something that he's never done. 
Yeah, they need that. Adding Teravainen would be adding to more of what they kind of already have. They have six guys on this team right now that are 25 goal scorers making $5 million or more a year. You'd just be adding another one. And one of the problems the Kraken have right now is finding enough places and ice time and everything for all of those guys. They really just need that one guy you know, well, but one guy in addition to Jared McCann that you can rely on when you absolutely need a goal who can go out there and score or who is going to finish when Matty Beneers creates a two on one chance. Somebody out there who isn't just going to hit the post. Right. They need somebody who's going to actually finish on those opportunities. So uh, can Teravinen be that player? Yes. But, you know, they already have guys like Oliver Bjorkstrand. Right. Like the, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. I, I I'm going to be an advocate no offense to my main man Rico there, who's a big time Leafs fan, for a Willie Nylander Seattle Kraken. Just because I would love to see uh, just the chaos that will create in the Toronto media too. Uh, yeah. I'm sure my boy Nick <laughs> Kiprios wouldn't be sad on his show either because uh, you know it gives him something to talk about, right? Yes. So yep. um, the one thing I love about Seattle is uh, with Jerry Bruckheimer and that ownership group. They've really let the hockey people run it, and it doesn't feel like there's been a lot of drama there. You guys really seem to have your finger on the pulse there. I was a little concerned with the loss of Carson Soucy, um, but I love the Dumoulin pickup. I think he took a lot of blame for Pittsburgh's defensive woes last year, and I don't feel like a, it, it, he was it, he was really the, the problem. What have you seen in Dumoulin's game? And then I'm going to let Perlo ask you a few questions. Uh. You want to take that one? First? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. So, uh, I mean, okay, you know, it's been a little bit of a rough transition for for Brian Dumoulin getting used to to playing in Seattle, and he had some pretty bad games early on. But I will chalk some of that up certainly to just getting used to a new team in the NHL for the first time in his career. Really, I mean, he's with the Penguins for the last decade or so, and it takes a while to adjust. I think he has gotten a little better as the season's gone on. Uh, that that pair of him and Schultz is gotten a little bit less bad I think I'd still want to see some improvement there um but you know overall yeah he's he's not Carson Seuss he doesn't fill that hole exactly um but I, I think there have been more games where he's been you know kind of serviceable and if I can make a quick aside about because you talked about ownership and you know kind of keeping the hands off letting the hockey people do their thing it's it's been great with the crack and you get the hands-on ownership when you need it but not when you don't and uh there was a game against the rangers uh, a couple weeks ago where the light stopped working and I you have the ceo it. todd lie up there in the catwalk trying to fix the lights himself i mean that's you know that's hands-on ownership right there you know so it, it's good you have that when you need it but not interfering in the hockey ops I saw that from the intrepid RJ Eskinos' Twitter, the reporter extraordinaire. I saw Always that. Always have that's the phone awesome. camera ready to go, yeah. Uh, that's awesome that you brought that up. Um, Perlo, go ahead for the boys. All right. Um, okay, so I mentioned before the season started that, that Seattle had a lot of players that were playing at a very high shooting percentage, their career-high shooting percentage. Um, so do you think that that is something that is sustainable? Um, do you think that, do you, would you think that Seattle is able to sustain the amount of goals that they were putting in on a regular basis, or could you possibly see a correction back to the normal of each one of these players? Like that was uh, Everlay, uh, Jaden Schwartz, McCann, Bjorkstrand, mm -hmm. McCann. 
Yeah, that was a lot of players. Is that a concern for you at all? It was. Before the season started, that was definitely a concern that we had. We talked about it. And one of the things that we talked about was, look, if the Kraken are going to uh, stay at that same level, be a be a wildcard team, be a 100-point team, and on all of that, they're going to have to do it a different way. They weren't going to be able to sustain that level of scoring, certainly at least not five on five. We talked about one of the ways that they could do that, and this was for both individual players as well as the team as a whole, was getting better on the power play. Their power play was atrocious through last season. So if they, you know, you supplement some of the five on five goals you're giving up with some power play goals that are more, you know, just getting the power play up to league average would have added in a decent amount of goals for them last year. So, um, you know, it, it's it's sustainable goal scoring wise, but they were going to have to do it different ways. They're going to have to score on the power play. We mentioned earlier they they lost a t- 44 goals from their fourth line. Weren't going to replace it with the fourth line they have this year. But it, at the same time, they've shored things up on defense. The goaltenders are playing better. They're allowing less goals. The PK, well, it looks a little iffy right now, but it has looked fantastic through uh, most of the season. Um, so it's it's one of those that it. I still think they can win as many games, but yes, it's going to look different. Their, their power play is picking up. That's partly why they're winning more games now. Um, and and they're just going to have to win games closer to three to two rather than nine, eight fiascos like last year. <laughs> yeah, we had a yeah, lot of those games with the Kraken scoring eight or so goals. It's just not going to happen again. Where is their PK rank right now? Uh, it's, I mean, it's really taking a hit. They're ranked 17th right now. Okay, it could be worse. It could be the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're 27th in the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it could, it could definitely be worse. It's funny so. that you mentioned that because when I was bringing it up, Beard and I kind of went off on each other there for a while. Because I, I said Seattle was not going to make the playoffs. And, and I did say it was because of their high shooting percentage. But after I talked to Beard, because whenever I he disagrees with me, I always have to rethink because he's a great hockey mind. So I went back into the analytics and I came up to the very same thing you said. Like, yeah, like it's very possible that they could do, there was a lot of areas of weakness last year that were covered up by that high shooting percentage, right? So if they were to actually do a lot of those things, like you guys said, improve those things they wouldn't have to have relied on the shooting percentage and uh, then i came back and i had to put my tail between the legs my legs and say that i I do think that seattle will make the playoffs but then rico was the one that said how about five teams in the pacific and he listened to us argue back and forth over and over and over again he didn't say nothing until the next episode and then he brings that up and i was like yeah why didn't you say that before that would Five do you guys, before we get into the league stuff, do you guys feel, do you feel like that's accurate? I mean, I, you know, Edmonton is not playing well. <laughs> I love it. Um, I do. I just absolutely love it. I, I, I hate how they tanked for a decade and, and, you know, have get, kept getting handed first round picks and bungling it. And uh, I don't know, their owner's kind of a weirdo. I think, I don't know. It's just kind of the whole thing. And I, 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 you know, I, of course, listen to a lot of Canadian media and I feel like they're delusional of where they're at right now. Um, but LA looks good. The goaltending problems, everybody told me I wasn't worried. Uh, Talbot's looking good. My boy, Phoenix Copley's going to come through, buddy. Fellow Alaskan. He's going to come through. Um, <laughs> if he's so far. Rough start. Yeah. Yeah. But LA, LA looks so good now with their defensive depth up the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about PLD, 
he I read I just heard a statistic where he's like driving the like 70 close to 70 percent of the play like I was not a fan of him but he is working in LA under Todd McClellan you have Anze Kopitar one of the best two-way Selkie winner and then you've got Philip Deneau in my opinion and Rico and I have talked about this ad nauseum the only reason that Montreal team went to the finals in that like bubble cup year was because of Philip Deneau and that defensive forward of Montreal and the way they played. Um, Anaheim looks like they're no pushover. They're winning tonight against Arizona 2-1. I love what they did in Pittsburgh the other day. That was beautiful. I watched the highlights of that one a lot. Um, Enjoyed it. up now, by the way. Yeah. You too, thank you. Yeah, Logan Cooley, first NHL goal. Oh, all right. Let's go, Logan Cooley. That's his first? Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, he hasn't good. scored yet. In fact, I um, and then uh, Calgary just got back into the game with Dallas too, so that's four three. Uh, and then I'm trying to keep I I I don't have the the Ducks one on, but uh, so what uh, what storylines are intriguing you guys outside of the Seattle Kraken? I know that you have to focus a lot of your energy on the Kraken. RJ, you're there. You're going to the games. Dylan, you're doing what you can do in LA, <laughs> but you're going, it sounds like you're going to Coachella quite regularly too. Like that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And see I, those nice play. Yeah. What, yeah. Trying to track that. I try to track all the prospects. I mean, I, I come with a scouting background, right? So I, that's still kind of my bread and butter. It's, it's the part of the game I'm most passionate about. So uh, I try to take care of as much of that stuff as, as possible. Um, but yeah, with the Pacific division, right? We knew, we knew Vegas was going to be Vegas. They're going to be up they, there at the top. Like they look like, incredible for, by the for, way. Conclusion, right. Um, LA kind of same thing. Right. And you know, look, they, they have all the depth in the world it's still a Todd McClellan coach team. So good luck to them in the playoffs. They're going to need it, uh, but they're, they're going to be rock solid through the regular season, especially now that they're finally getting production from their young guys too. Right. This is something RJ and I have talked about many times, which was they drafted a lot of really talented young players high and they hadn't been really producing for them, but they're really finally starting to produce for them. Byfield's on a tear right now. These last couple of games, he's looked fantastic. Uh, So we knew Vegas and LA were, were pretty solidly there. You got to think just, given the fact that they have McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nurse and Bouchard and all those guys, Edmonton will figure it out. They're, they're going to. At some point, they will be able to strap a goaltender in net that the puck can hit. I, I have to believe that it'll happen. Uh, so I still think Edmonton's going to be in that mix. Anaheim's not going to be this good. I love that story. I was a Ducks fan as, as well as a Penguins fan. Aquatic bird teams were my thing before the Kraken. <laughs> I still love following the Ducks. I especially love what they've been doing through their whole rebuilding process. I love their idea this year of just throwing all the young guys out there with a new coach, try to build a winning culture with them, right? Bench Zegras if you need to. Boy, has he changed his his entire game around. He's one of the best defensive centers in the league. Can't score at all. That's what we all expected from Trevor Zegras this year. Um, But still, at the end of the day, Anaheim's not going to stay this good. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be a team that's really pushing for things come February and March. Realistically, they're just not quite there. I think for the next decade they will, but not this year. So I still think there's enough runway for the Kraken to be 
in that fourth and fifth battle in the Pacific. And it's really going to come down to Vancouver. Vancouver's had all these pieces for a while. They've just never been able to put it all together all at the same time. But it seems like they are this year. And each and every game, it seems more and more sustainable. So Vancouver is worrying me in a way I didn't think we were going to have to worry about them at the start of the year. Yeah, we were pretty skeptical during our uh, division preview there with Vancouver, you know, that, that they would be able to kind of really compete with the crack. And I think we were both kind of down on them. They've had an impressive start. I, I'm still a little bit skeptical that they'll be able to keep it going over a full season. But, you know, if I'm if I'm the crack and I'm looking at some of the teams ahead of me, I see Anaheim. OK, well, I'm, I'm glad you agree with me, Dylan. They're going to come back down to earth at some point. I know you were higher on them than I was at the start of the season. But, uh, yeah, Edmonton's going to figure it out. I still think you have those top three teams pretty solidly in the Pacific. Vegas, LA, and then Edmonton. I, I'm sorry to sorry to say that, uh, Jeremiah, but I think Vegas, LA, and Edmonton is those top three, and then it's going to be a really tough wild card battle, I think, between the Kraken and the Canucks just down the stretch. So one of the things I like to impart on the people that are coming on here is, with NHL Nightly, I'm doing my best to watch as many games as I can, as much as I can, and so I have watched every Edmonton game this year. Easy to watch West Coast games. For, for me especially, but East Coast games too, because I'm now doing this full time. And I will tell you, I don't, Edmonton doesn't have a goaltending problem. They have a team defense problem and they don't have any good defensemen whatsoever. And if Ekholm is not healthy, which it looks like he started the season unhealthy, they're in big trouble. McDavid is not 100%. Mm-hmm. And Dreisaitl looks like Dreisaitl, but um, uh I think people are not pushing the panic button in Edmonton because it's Connor McDavid. And yes, they look good against Calgary. Well, guess what? Calgary looks awful. Everybody does. I mean, yeah. the only team I've seen worse than Calgary this year is San Jose. And quite frankly, San Jose has played with more effort and and heart and determination than uh, than I've seen from Calgary. Now, Calgary looked pretty solid tonight against Dallas at home. You know, maybe they put it together, um, but I hear you. I mean, like, I know we're counting out Edmonton. Um, is is there anybody that's been a big uh, – other than Vancouver, by the way, we were – we Rico and I, yesterday, we had our Halloween edition, which unfortunately that won't be uploaded to the website. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out, folks. But uh, uh, I was Lebowski, and he was a uh, hockey fan that got wounded by a puck at a game. It was great. <laughs> Rico made it made a custom one. Um, check out the video on the live page. Uh, I do wanna I do wanna spotlight your guys' website real quick. Uh, I think it's incredible. It's beautiful. You guys have put a lot of work into your show, and you guys are now in what year three? Yep, mm-hmm. year three. So, uh, guys, if you get a chance, I'm obviously wearing some of their merch. I try to go into their channel as much as I can, and 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 chop it up with them but it I'll, I'll be honest with you guys the first week they allowed cracking games on espn i was ecstatic i'm like oh that's gonna be great and then um it went away so i was like oh i'm going to have to find alternate means mm-hmm. uh, so i haven't <laughs> watched the last but i did watch the last game i think i had five games going on the other day but your website is gorgeous uh, it's emeraldcityhockey.com uh all one word now uh there's a special event this year in Seattle, mm-hmm. the Winter Classic. What are you guys doing special? You're doing meetups. I know you guys used to do the Queen Anne's bar uh, meetups and stuff. What's going on? What's Emerald City doing 
what are you doing for the Kraken fans? All right. So, uh, yeah, the Winter Classic is going to be a great time. Dylan already has his travel booked up here for Seattle. So he's going to be here for the Winter Classic and the days you know before and after. So he'll get to see everyone. Um, it's tough because as far as specific events, we're still kind of waiting for the league's actual schedule of events to come out. Uh, so we can kind of work around that. We know at some point there's going to be some kind of like media skate on the ice there uh, at T-Mobile Park. We know there's going to be other events kind of surrounding the Winter Classic. We just don't know what and when exactly. Exactly. And so as soon as that schedule comes out, we're hoping fairly soon we'll get some of our events really nailed down. We're definitely going to have some kind of meetup. Uh, you know, we're going to have some kind of event where everyone can hang out with Dylan and I. Um, but it, I'm sorry. But yeah, we just don't know yet because we're waiting for the league schedule yeah. to come out. Fair. I promise you one of these days I'm coming down. If I have to take a military <laughs> Arkansas as a military retiree, I can fly space available. And there's a lot of flights from Lewis McCord. And I have tons of family in Seattle, so I can just sleep on their couch like it's not a big mm -hmm. deal. Plus, Dylan, you live right by the rink, right? So, you know, I can just crash on your couch, right? So, oh, no, I mean, I'm sorry, RJ. Dylan, you live in there. RJ, I could, I, I could. Not anymore. I actually moved a little bit further out now because, okay. yeah, I had to switch apartments. So I'm. Uh, it's a little bit of a drive now. Okay. Um which is not fun in Seattle. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? hey, it's better. It's better than where I came from. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, as the person in Southern California, okay, when Seattle complains about their thirty minutes of traffic, I just yeah. laugh. It's really not that bad. You have the same horrible traffic. Um, yeah, so I want to try to get down there. No promises. I am actually heading to Toronto next week for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Several nice. former, nice, several yeah. former Caps are getting in. Peter Bondra. And um, Adam Oates, and uh, also Joe Newendike, who I was fortunate enough to meet at the Frozen Four. Which, guys, I'm going to go again to the Frozen Four. I went in Tampa last year. I highly recommend it. I met Kyle Dubas. I met Joe Newendike. I met Mike Richter. I heard Mike Arruzzione was there. Mike Arruzzione, excuse me. I'm so disappointed I didn't get to meet him. But um, that is such a great two days of hockey. Um, and I, I inadvertently met the Minnesota coach. Um, I happened to be in this like bar eatery and there was a group of Minnesota fans and he was at the head of the table. And I didn't know it was him. And I said, I thought you guys got a little lucky. You better watch out for Quinnipiac. They're pretty defensive. And they lost the game. All the, all the fans came and he goes, did you know that was the head coach? I go, no, I had no idea. So, um, it's good. I guess when I start doing this media thing full time, I better get pictures and, uh, know who the hell I'm talking about, right? <laughs> uh, I did call Joe Newendike Dave Andre Chuck by accident too, but he was cool about it. We were in Tampa. So <laughs> yeah. um, he looks like he could still play. Um, I don't want to take any more of your time because I know uh, Dylan has some stuff to do. I so appreciate you guys. It feels like it's been 18 months since we had you on last. Yeah. I, uh, I'd like to do it one more time in the season, but I, mm -hmm. I, I know you guys' schedule is busy. Uh, just maybe towards the end before the playoffs or something, we'll do a little check-in if, if you guys are game. I also would always gladly come on anytime. Um, I'm, I'm spending my time learning how to write and read again, things that I forgot how to do. Um, Cause the goal is to do a little traveling reporting, but we're doing this show Tuesday through Friday, 10 PM Eastern and just talking about the games that were played that day. Perlo, we've got the Edmonton, guy you know Edmonton is like the hub right now everybody's put all this Stanley Cup pressure on them but 
He's also a gambler and uh, um, uh, you study the uh, analytics a lot. And then Rico is my man in Ontario. It almost feels like if you don't have somebody in Ontario, but he's great. <laughs> and he's also our beer league correspondent. You've got to have a little bit of beer league talk and talk. Definitely. We're just kind of keeping it. We, we want to talk about our lives and our families and stuff too. So it's, it's a thing, but I, I really uh, appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, thank you so much. Uh, do you have, do you have anything for us? And then if not, I'll let you go and we'll carry on. But again, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Yeah. I'll let RJ do all the self-promotion. I'll just say thank you again so much for having us. Always looking forward to spending time talking hockey with you. It's also nice to be able to talk about some stuff that isn't just the Kraken all the time for a change. That's, that's really refreshing. And yes, definitely. We'll come back on anytime you want to talk prospects, hit me up anytime you want to talk trade stories, because just like I remember watching you on Twitter at the frozen four, I was very jealous. I've always wanted to go to one of those. Um, very jealous, it's but yeah, any, cheap. it's not expensive. It, I know. And anytime you're there, right. Hockey is one of those just small communities where you do run into all those. I've been to a couple drafts. I've got some stories I can tell you, I could share uh, with everybody at some point. We can, we can trade all that good stuff. I will just leave it at this Nathan McKinnon bus crash. Okay. That. <laughs> okay. Yes. Nice. No, uh, Dylan for sure. So uh, I put your, um, I put your uh, Twitter handle for the Emerald City Hockey in there, but RJ Eskinos at RJ Eskinos ECH, correct? And yep. at Dylan Travers, but yours is at yelling at the ref, I yes. believe. Yes. Which, you know, um, ban offsides, by the way. NHL, let's get rid of the offsides review. I'm so tired of it. It's ridiculous. I got it's one more question. Good. Yeah. Who's got the best shootout move on the Kraken? RJ, go for it. Okay, yes. Okay, so yes, I, I get to make my case here. I actually, I, I tweeted this today. So um, it's it's down to one of three guys, but you know what? The Kraken's ideal shootout lineup. And again, I've watched these guys for two year, over two years, like every practice, every morning skate. They practice this stuff all the time. Their shootout lineup should be Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson, Will Borgen. I saw Those you three tweet defensemen. That. I saw you tweet that yesterday. Or and you, I'm or not kidding. I mean it. They yeah. have sneaky good hands, all three of them. And I tweeted with the video of Alexiak doing this awesome, like kind of, you know, fake toe drag backhand move today at practice. And I've seen him pull that out multiple times. He's got that in his bag. Adam Larson, like he's shown some of his brilliance, the occasional breakaway that he will get. He can deke a goalie out of his skates. And then Will Borgen, I talked to him about it too. Like his shootout move, he's like, yeah, I just kind of see what the guys who are best at and just copy what they do. And you know what? He copies them well. They should have those three guys. I know they're all like defensive defensemen. Those should be their shootout shooters. Great question. And thank you for giving me the chance to answer that. I, I will I will keep on this. I've been saying this for years. Hackstall has not listened to me yet. I mean, I don't fully blame him. Like, who am I? But yeah, they've got to do that in the shootout at some point. Well, and I expect a Todd Lewis. Todd Lye Wiki light changing uh, t-shirt from you guys. You have to make that. That is your claim to fame. When I saw that, I was like, that is awesome. And also, I mean, RJ, you are so, you're so good at paying attention to the details, man. I love your great Twitter follow. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get into this cracking thing and do a cracking thing. And I'm like, no, these guys are doing way too good a job. Like there's no way I'll just do something else, you know, much more broad stroke, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys are awesome, man. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, 
I, I hope you guys legitimately can make some real money doing this um, because uh, you're really pros and uh, I love what you guys are doing and, and we'll continue to sing your praises to the, to everybody. I know that if you're into the Emerald, if you're into the Seattle Kraken, you got to be an Emerald city hockey fan. They're awesome. Um, so thank you again, guys. I really appreciate your time. Um, anytime. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Thanks so much for having us on. I hope one day I can be as positive about the Edmonton Oilers as you are with the Kraken. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can be as positive about the Oilers as I am about maybe, the Kraken. Maybe though, one so day. It's, it's not one just day. you, yeah. All right, fellas. Thank you so much for coming on. We really thank appreciate you. you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, have a good one. I'll I, I'll let you guys exit yourself so you can so you can go so you can go at your own leisure. Um uh, okay, man. So yeah, those guys are such good guys, man. Um, yeah. and I didn't want to keep them too long. Uh, uh, Dylan had asked me, Oh, how long is it going to be? I think he was fine with three hours. Um, maybe we have an extended long one. Uh, Dylan, Dylan scouted RJ's a full-time reporter with credentials and goes to the games. And, and nice. so it just, these are the people I want to have on are, are legit hockey people these guys are down in the dirt, created their own thing and they're working their butts off. Um, so I recommend to everybody, Jay, I know you had a lot of questions and stuff. We'll have nights where we do with a lot of that, but really for the night, we want to talk about games that are going on. Or if we have a special guest tomorrow's special guest is John Duncan from off the wall hockey. We're going to talk Bruins, how they never seem to fall off. Um, so uh, right now, as of currently, we have two games left, four, uh, three games left. I have four, three uh, Dallas over uh, Calgary, and I have two nothing Colorado. That second Colorado goal, I was really surprised counted. It was happening when we were going on. And it uh, looks like it's all knotted up in Arizona at 2-2. And then tonight, you know I watched I watched the Buffalo get a win against the Flyers, but they got outshot heavily. They were kind of lucky to get out of Philly with a win, but they did. Um, want the fifth goal is an empty net. So and the World Colorado Series is all but over, huh? And the World Series is all but over, man. Oh, is it over? Is the World Series over? Uh, Where are we at there? Oh, five nothing Rangers in the bottom of the ninth. Okay. This all this all happened in the top of the ninth, man. The guy hit it to the outfield, and Alec Thomas totally missed picking the ball. It rolled past him almost to the wall and scored two extra runs. Like. Chapman came in like Bruce Brochi has used his bullpen unbelievably because they fucking stink, man. Dude, he's um one of the best managers ever. I mean, yeah. he won uh spicy 4K action. Game is in Anaheim. Yes, the game is in Anaheim. I'll tell you what, I am uber impressed with uh the uh Arizona Coyotes this year. And another team that I think is going to going to compete in the Central. Yeah, I like the Yotes tonight in Anaheim, but I also like Calgary against Dallas too. And Dallas is up. So did I. You were on the same thing, Rico. I had the over on that too. I already got the over. But well, here, you got the here, over. Here was my card today. I had Avalanche minus 0.5 first period. Plus one ten. Okay, I already got that. Avalanche reg. Minus 150 for five units. Looks good. Avalanche minus one and a half. Coyotes ML. Sabres ML. Sabres Flyers over six and a half. Uh, Blues team total under two and a half. 
Flames ML may not get that and the over. So I'm looking at about a eight and two night tonight. Looking good. So Jay says those are awesome, Perlo, by the way. Yeah. Um, when we don't have guests, I'll have you lead off with your picks. Uh, Cause I was looking at them and I was like, Oh man, these all look good. I was going to try to put in some, uh, some fantasy bets, but then get there. Oh, but you got uh, Jay, guests like that. You got to celebrate those guys. Those guys are fantastic. Uh, those guys are great. Yeah, tomorrow Vegas. Uh, oh yes, yeah. The, uh, RJ and and Dylan are are good guys. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, tomorrow Vegas plays as well. Like you said yesterday, you want to see something from the bottom six in Winnipeg team. Let's see if that happens. Yeah, Jay, we'll see. We'll see where they yeah, go. Tomorrow. I, I think Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg will have a chance there. No. So what is that? What is the World Series on? Is that on? Uh, oh, it's over. It's over. They won. That's By the way, funny. Rico, you wanted to know what my uh, my costume was last night? Yeah, because you got dragged away for, you know, you did a good deed. And it looks like your wife, your wife needed you for the night. That was, that was it. it? That was it. He's a betting cowboy. You wearing the same? You wearing the same clothes that you were wearing? I told or? I told you I wasn't even. Yeah, I, I didn't. I she. There's no way I said yes to that. No way. Hey, Perlo. I don't like Perlo. Halloween parties. There's no yeah. way she conned me into going, and I went. Yeah. So good move. Good move. Good move. How many times you been married? She must have asked me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, look good after- move, buddy. After the first two, it's like, yeah, yeah, I agree to that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, Pretty sure no, but okay. I didn't miss much, man. There was only a couple games on last night, so. Yeah, I know. I'm just not a big, like, party guy anymore. So, we, I, had, I had as good a time as I could, though. I saw the puck in half and glued it to a helmet that had, like, beers on the side of it and i had a puck in my head I saw that. yeah that yeah. was pretty cool yeah yeah i was like a fan at the outdoor game drinking beer out of a hat we got hit with a puck in the face <laughs> yeah i would i would i didn't even consider trying to go to the the uh winter classic because uh just because we're doing a trip in february and then i mean seattle kraken tickets are the second highest in the league and i was like well even if they're playing at Seahawks Stadium or whatever, where there's fifty thousand seats, it's going to be so spendy. Uh, but um, I have yet to see them do this, and I would love to see them do this at these football stadiums or baseball stadium, whichever one they're doing it at. Is like elevate the arena to where it's on the same level as the first row seats, and because in football the, the field is down, right, and everybody looks down on the field, but in hockey it's I mean, everybody's down, but you know, if you sit at I, if you sit in the, you're basically at ice level if you're in the front row, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you sit in Toronto, you're at ice level. If you sit at, you know, uh, Climate Pledge Arena, and you're on the bit, you're on the boards, unless you're behind the bench or something. But if you're in the, you're down on the level with the players, not unlike the NBA, except for you just have the protective glass and boards and all that stuff. So. Yeah. What about having an outdoor game in Alaska, man, around the mountains and shit? That'd be cool. They could do it, man. They could do it. They just have to figure it out. I mean, the, all the lakes freeze up here. Like, they wouldn't even have to, uh, like, make their own ice, really. They could do it that way where they just come in and Zamboni like a, 
a thing. It would be cool. I, I mean, I keep hearing like Lake Louise and uh, Canada and stuff. I know they want to do that. Um, they tried the, they tried to do the, um, the one at Lake Tahoe, but oh. they actually had to rink off to the side and stuff. I don't know. I mean, that also was going on when the fans really couldn't be there and stuff. So well, and that I mean, one melted too. It was it was warm in Lake Tahoe. I think. I mean, it's it's Nevada, California. You yeah. know, like I mean, they you, they don't typically have really long. Uh, dangerous winners or anything like that. So, yeah, we got five minutes left in this uh, Dallas Calgary. Uh, you know, I don't know what to I don't know what to say about the Leafs yesterday. Boy, they, nobody could say anything nice about them. They look terrible at home. One of the worst games. Uh, Sammy said one of the worst games in a long time. And and as far as uh, St. Louis, they're playing good defensive hockey, but they're not scoring at all. And Bennington's actually looked really good, but they just aren't scoring. So I, they they're in trouble. They just are. They're in. They're in full that. on. Oh yeah, you're good, Rico. I'll take you off for a second here. Um, but hey, Perlo, good to have you back. I don't know what happened. Your fixed. Your camera's fixed. You're coming in clear. You look better than the last time. You look as good as you've ever looked on the show. Um, uh, yeah, guys, I'll try to give you as much prep time with the guests and stuff. So you have questions formulated because I don't want to be the only one talking, but tonight I was like, I, you know, I, I knew where these guys would want to go. So I didn't want to dominate it, but I kind of felt like I, I, I'm a fan of their stuff. So I try to watch and listen to them. Um, you know, um, but Perlo, good, good move. Could move going to the Halloween party with your wife. And honestly, well, kind of fun to have a Halloween. Kind of surprised it wasn't over the weekend, you know? Because that's what you know. Yeah, oh I God. couldn't say no. Oh, yeah, well, you normally it would be too, right? I, I yeah. couldn't say no, but I mean, she normally wouldn't kind of do it that way. So if she's doing it that way, it means she really, really, really wanted me to go, so... Yeah, why? yeah, yeah, was, go. yeah. No, good call not, going. It, it's a, it was a Filipino party, and uh, yeah, so they like to have their uh, they actually Halloween for them would be today in the Philippines, okay, not yesterday. So okay. they do it the day before that, what they would normally do it, so it's actually on the day, so that's the reason why, but uh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so we'll hang out. We'll hang out till the end of the uh, the Dallas Calgary game. Um, um, is there uh, is there anything you? Uh, well, we haven't talked about Ottawa yet. Dory. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators? Oh, they really couldn't do anything like like that whole thing that happened with the Donoff. I think that was just the. You know, like they gave up, they have to give up a first round pick. I don't know exactly how he screwed that up, but he, he said he's a Filipino white. He says, uh, Perlo, I'm Filipino. I thought Philippines celebrated Halloween on October 31st. Yeah, she told me it was November 1st that they uh, I don't know. Their, their same Let's get Rico back in here. Um, yeah, so. Uh, my thought process was, isn't the Philippines on the other side of the international dateline? Ah, that's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. And wouldn't it be that's actually right. October 
31st would today. Be, yeah, exactly. That's it. I never even thought about that it. That was my thought process. Yeah. What you said that's made total sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Exactly. That's what it is. They're October. Uh, right, right, right. Because it's, it's on the other side. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And just for the fans in the chat, like, I really appreciate the interaction. And I love the questions for our guests. But sometimes the games and the guests are going to take over the 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 production of the show and because i produce and edit and do everything on my own and and rico and and perlo are just strictly hosts uh that's why i want more from them i want them to talk more it allows me to do like update the scores and do all that stuff um uh still 2-2 in the ducks uh yotes game uh and uh, uh halfway through the avalanche uh Blues game, 2 nothing Avs. That's on TNT. And then we're about three minutes left in the Dallas-Calgary game. But Cal- Calgary's look good tonight, man. I've, from what I've seen from them, they, they they obviously pound a lot of shots anyway. They have 42 shots on net. So Ottinger has like 39 saves. Um, they're on the power play with 40 seconds left to go in three minutes. So they could they could get the equalizer here. Um, I know Connor Zary scored for them tonight. Oh, he just rung one off the post, off the crossbar. Zari did. He already scored one tonight, eh? Zari. So Jay, I don't. Are you in Edmonton? So Jay goes Perlo. The next time you go to a Filipino party, invite me. I can talk to them in their Tagalog. Are, are you in Edmonton, Jay? Is, is, that, Jay, is, he, is he in Edmonton? Yeah, Jay. We don't. I don't know where you are, but uh, uh, Perlo's in Edmonton. So, so you could reach out to him on Twitter and so maybe exchange. Rico, do you think DJ Smith gets fired now for sure? For sure. Uh, Probably. I mean, if they miss the playoffs, it makes sense that Dorian was fired. Like, I feel bad for the new management that they just got the rug pulled out from under them. That (laughs) all of a sudden they find out this whole Dadna situation. Like, what's what's a first round pick worth these days in a salary cap era? Like, like what's it worth, man? Holy shit! Yeah, like, dude. I mean, yeah, Dorian should be gone. I mean. I don't know if DJ Smith has anything to do with it, but I don't think it's because of that. I just think new ownership, Dorian yeah. hired Smith. They're not really doing all that great. Like I would say that the noose is getting pretty tight with DJ, right? Do you agree, Beard? I uh, so here's what I think. I think he's gonna be given the remainder of the season. Dude? And I think if they miss I think if they miss the playoff, he'll be fired. So I think if they're on the outside looking in here come like January, you could see him get fired. Um, I don't think he's been the problem there. Um, I just think they look, they have the foreman thing. Uh, I, I just think they've been kind of a badly run organization. And I hope Landauer goes in there. One gets the downtown arena. I think that is key. And I want to, they were, they lost 40 million last year, guys. This is reported. Like, that is not a sustainable thing. The fact they went, like, I thought they should have done everything they could to get Ryan Reynolds and that group in there. Because you have a guy, like, people are going to go to the games that don't care about hockey. Who cares? You're getting people in the building because the owner is, you know, Deadpool. Uh, I just feel like, um, but Landauer seems like he's really committed. He sounds like a smart business guy. He is a Canadian guy, right? So I, I, I think that probably makes the fan base feel a little bit easier. Um, but look, it's not sustainable for Ottawa and what's happening in Winnipeg for those franchises to hang on if they're continuing to lose money. 
So, you know, like Gary, by the way, the commish was on Pat McAfee's show today. Um, he, he knows when to strike when the iron's hot. And um, I saw I saw a guy uh, in the Flyers game wearing a for the brand behind uh, Brian Boucher. Like th- hockey attendance in the States is up, guys. Pe- people are going for whatever reason. People are going to the games because I, I think one, because it's back on. Uh, TNT is a, a really accessible network. It's basically a part of every basic package. So if you got, if you just have that, you get the TNT and ESPN is like $9 a month. And if you, if you pay for the Hulu package, you get ESPN plus Hulu and Disney plus for like 13 bucks a month with ads. So like you can get all three of that. And if you have ESPN plus you get all the hockey games, unless it's a regional blackout. So, but Vegas solved that by uh, coming up with their own uh, network. And you could, for all the people that live in Vegas, they can pay like $60 a year and watch all the Vegas games. So they don't have to go. And the Arizona coyotes just put their stuff on ABC on the local ABC, get an antenna. They're telling their fans how to get an antenna um, because of the Valley sports. So if you guys didn't know, Valley sports took over basically the Fox sports that owned most of the hockey ones. A good deal of them. Some of them are still up. Some of them are still running. Like uh, uh, Dallas is still Valley Sports. Um, Tampa is still Valley. Detroit still Valley. You know the the Capitals were were Comcast, uh, but they were under the NBC Sports Washington. They now have formed their own Monumental Sports. That's Leonsis's company. So they're doing their own broadcast stuff now. Uh, Pittsburgh is doing their own broadcast. They have Pittsburgh Sportsnet Pittsburgh. They're calling it Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, Seattle Root Sports is their own regional. That's a that's a remnant from Fox back in the day when it was Fox Sports Northwest, and then it became Root Sports when Directv bought all the Fox Sports ones, or they bought some of the tougher ones. So it's real. It's real crazy with all the the stuff. So. Um, Perlo was uh, so Jay has a lot for you. Perlo was my go-to when the Golden Knights got in trouble in the playoffs two years ago. Uh, have his Twitter and the message him already out there before. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. Jay, Jay said he's been in touch. Jay, Jay, I used to have a show on my own that I did in the afternoons, and Jay was a regular. Yeah. Nice. Well, I appreciate yeah. him being here because of you. Uh, Tomorrow's games, we've got – you guys want to preview tomorrow's games before this uh, – looks like Edmonton sure. hurts. Calgary's going to lose. I think, uh, think the final's going to be 4-3 here. Yep, that's the end of that game. Uh, yep, 4-3, Calgary wins or loses. Um, tomorrow's games, we've got um, – let me make sure I'm going through all the 3 o'clock, 7 o'clock games – so we got a big slate tomorrow. We've got one, two, three. Oh, no. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games tomorrow. A wow. full slate will be on probably long time. I've got Caps Islanders. I've got Hurricanes Rangers, Kings Senators, Lightning Blue Jackets, Panthers Red Wings. Maple Leafs, Bruins. By the way, the one time Toronto goes to Boston, Rico. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I believe Boston comes to Toronto twice this year. 
Devils Wild, Stars Oilers. That's going to be an interesting one. Canadians, Coyotes, Jets, Golden Knights, Canuck, uh, Predators at Seattle, and the Canucks Sharks. So Dude, Rico just... and I were talking yesterday. We'll we'll go through each game if you'd like before we get out of here. But Rico and I were talking. The Canucks are fun to watch, man. They are a fun team to watch. And they have been real enjoyable. I don't know. Did you get to watch any of that game yesterday? I know you were doing the party. They looked really good. I didn't get yeah. to watch much games yesterday, but I did have the Canucks to win yesterday. So Pedersen had a hat trick. And and yeah. I love they asked Rick Talkett in the media scrum, how did you think about his game? He had a hat trick. And he goes, Yeah, well, he turned the puck over too much. It's like, dude, Talkett's got a good feel for this team. He's not going to let them slack off, and I I think they they really have they've got the they've got a grade A defenseman in Quinn Hughes. They've got good defensive depth with Susie now in the mix. Um, I really like uh, Philip Ronick. That ends up being a really good move for them. Uh, and uh, one thing you could say about uh, Jim Rutherford that he's not afraid to make trades and get stuff. Now they're they're up against the cap and stuff, but. JT Miller's playing balling out. So you guys want to go through these games and then call it, or do you just want to call it? Sure. No, we can go uh, through the games. Why not? Well, let's go. Islanders caps. What do you think of that one? Caps are plus one ten, so the Islanders are the favorite. I probably what do you got, out. Rico. Rico's 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 uh Rico's getting oh, okay. a refill. No, yeah, oh, do you, oh, you get a refill there? Okay. Well, there's there's a lot of games that can go either way tomorrow. I think like the only games that you have a definite winners at Tampa, at Columbus, and Vancouver, at San Jose. Other than that, who the Islanders and the Caps? Is that what you started with? I'm gonna yeah. take Columbus at plus one forty two. I like Columbus at home against Tampa Bay. I haven't liked Tampa Bay's game this year. They've been really wildly inconsistent. Now I know Seattle just beat them uh, for the first time, but. Uh, I take the Blue Jackets at a plus one forty-two. I think that's a value pick. I don't know, Perla, where you've. I know you're not big on the Blue Jackets, but Tampa's a little banged up. They got the backup goalies. No Vasilevsky back yet. Um, I don't know. They just don't. They're not. It's they're they're four two and three, and, yeah. and no, the Blue I, Jackets are three four and two. It makes sense, especially. Well, what's what's the price on that? Like it's that's pretty high, right? Plus one forty two on the jackets. You put yeah. ten bucks. I mean, the value is on Columbus there for sure. Yeah, they're being they're being way undervalued at that price. I would say. I don't. I'm not. I'm not playing Tampa at minus one sixty. That's for sure. Yeah. Especially if I'm putting money on that game, I'm betting the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I okay. With that. Uh, we already talked to Islanders crack cracking. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Hurricane six and four against mm. the New York Rangers. By the way, I think it's clear that the hire of this offseason was Laviolette. He's got the Rangers are seven and two. They look good. They're minus 118. The Hurricanes are minus 102. It is at MSG. Uh, I will say this though to caveat bet in this game boy, Carolina looks like a different uh, team with Svechnikov back in the lineup. So 
What do you got, Rico? I got that, that, That's a statement game for Carolina, and I'm going to take the Hurricanes to go in there yeah. and win. I think they're just going to assert dominance in that division tomorrow. If they lose to that game, that's a big setback for Carolina. They Well, it'll be 6-5, and five and the Rangers will be 8-2, and two, and the Rangers are bad. I tell you what, Mike Fiore was in here the other day, noted Rangers fan, and I've been real impressed with the Rangers game, and you're starting to see it from Lafreniere. You're starting to see these younger guys step up. Uh, I mean, they still have one of the best defensemen. I, I love their defensive core. Honestly, they they kind of have an underrated defensive core. Um, but Fox is up there. You, he's a Norris winner. You put him up with anybody. You've got Keandre Miller, big fan of him. And then, you know, you got the big banger and J- Jacob Truba. Okay, Panthers-Red Wings. That's an interesting I, one. Red Wings. I, I didn't do the pick there. Let me do my pick on Oh, go. Sorry, Perlo. Go. You yeah, guys are both okay. off screen, by the way. That's okay. Uh, um, no, you guys are it's, off your screens. You guys are off center. You got, what? Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm off center? Yeah, slide to your right. There you go. Slide to your left, Perlo. There we no, go. No, there you no, go. Sorry about that. World Series post game. Uh, anyways, the Rangers are in a bad spot. That's the reason why I like Carolina there. They're coming off a Western road trip where they just played five games out West. And, and then they, they come five. home. Then they come home. Yeah, they won all five. They come home. They have Halloween with the kids and everything. And you know what I mean? It all I don't think you need up. the Halloween excuse, but they're coming off the road. No, trip. but it, it breaks up the momentum. And then they play a team like Carolina that needs this win. And then they got to go back out to Minnesota right after this. I don't like that spot. So I got I got to go with Carolina. I, I do. The Rangers are doing more than I ever expected so far this year. I agree. I've changed my mind with them. Uh, yeah. Laviolette is doing a wonderful job with them, but I, I don't think this game is for them. I don't think they get this one. King Senators. Uh, Ottawa's at home. They're a minus 108. Kings are minus 112. I like the Kings in that one easily. What about you guys? I think I I think with everything going on in Ottawa, either they're going to come out flat or they're going to come out winning. So that's almost feels a little bit like a high scoring game for me. Yeah. So I, I think I would just stick with the over there. I already got five units on the over on that game. I already put it. I like the over. All right. Okay. Uh, we already talked Blue Jackets Lightning. How about Red Wings Panthers? They're in Florida. They're in Detroit. Oof. Detroit's a favorite at minus 102. The Panthers are minus 118. Again, these are all DraftKings odds through uh, Bleacher Report. So you guys might, I mean, there's so many books now. You might get different odds. I'll okay, always want to. Um, you guys aren't tough. touching that game? That's a tough one that can go either way. Um, with Ekman Larson being hurt, um, I'm going to lean Detroit on that one. They've just been running pretty good for right now, and uh, uh, that would be if, if if it was in Florida, I might lean Florida, but in Detroit they'll have the line matchups, and like you said, the Ekman Larson injury. I think yeah, I think Detroit. Play. I'd probably go the over on that one too. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so just taking the over on the Panthers Red Wings. Red Wings have actually struggled the last couple of games to put the puck in the net. So I don't know. I don't know there. Like that's kind of interesting to me. Um, I would stay away from that game, honestly. I, uh, but Panthers have been way better than I expected them to be with the injuries they've had. So uh, they're four, three, and one. I think they're going to be right there in the Atlantic. Uh, everybody seems really mediocre except for the Boston Bruins who are eight zero and one. They host the Toronto Maple Leafs who are five three and one. No, Boston is, Boston is the favorite at minus one eighteen. No McAvoy because he got suspended for four. Yeah, four game suspension for Charlie McAvoy. What do you think, Rico? I like the Leafs. Like the Leafs. Okay. Bounce back game after they fell asleep against the Kings. They're going to be ready to roll again. They looked awful. They looked awful. Um, but again, a long, they were just coming off a long road trip too. I, I I didn't really think much of that Leafs game. Like I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that game. I, I didn't see really anybody play a great game. Nice maybe. What do you think, Perlo? You got anything for that one or are you going to stay away? No, I'm going to go. Uh, I don't know who's going to win the game. I'm, I don't trust the Leafs right now. I I really wish they would get rid of Sheldon Keefe, but um, I'm going to go something weird here. I'm going to take draw first period. I think this okay, is draw be first slow, period. slow first period. I, I think both teams are going to be feeling each other out. Without McAvoy, Boston's not going to want to get too cray-cray offensively. So I like to draw first period. And then after that, honestly, it's it's really a, it's a it's a coin flip. I'm probably staying off the side. Maybe the under, under would be a good one. I don't know what is, especially if it's a six and a half. I like the under in that game. Okay, under in the Bruins Leafs. I was gonna say under too. Uh, wow, St. Louis just scored two one. Robert Ooh. Thomas. So. Two minutes oh, left no. to go in the second. It's two one. Uh, Colorado, oh, Colorado uh, again. I, the last Colorado did not look good against Buffalo, and they did not look good against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh hasn't looked good against anybody this year except for the Capitals. So, um, do 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 do. Stars Oilers in Edmonton, and the Stars are a plus one ten, uh, and Edmonton is minus one thirty. I like the Stars at plus one ten. You. You have to be kidding me. The way Edmonton is two, five, and one. The Stars are six, one, and one. They have one regulation loss. There's no way. I think Dallas goes in there and smacks them around. I like you. I lose your Stars on a back to back. Did Ottinger start tonight in Calgary? Yeah. 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 Doing, doing I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like Edmonton too. I like Edmonton too, but. But all but remember, I'm never right about my team ever. So, so it's no, probably, it's fine. So you're probably right, Beard, because whenever I take Edmonton, they lose. So. <laughs> I just want. I just always love to to take how I'm feeling and what I've seen from Dallas on the ice. Is the only game I thought they laid an egg again this year was against Toronto at home, mm-hmm. um, and I think they were coming off a road trip. Uh, that's just a veteran team with a lot of really good young guys mixed in. Um, we're not seeing the sophomore slumps from Wyatt Johnston and Harley looks good. Uh, they just play so much better defensively. Uh, DeBoer's got those boys humming. I, I don't like anything from Edmonton right now. Um, Canadians coyotes tomorrow in Arizona. 
Of course, Arizona's playing tonight, and they are in Anaheim, so they'll be coming back, but that's not really that long a trip. That's less, probably less than an hour flight from Anaheim to Phoenix. So uh, Habs are plus 110, so they're the under, uh, and Coyotes minus 130. I'll tell you what, Habs are 6-2-1. and one. I have just loved everything. I, the Habs getting plus money, I like the Habs in, in that game. Just the way they played. The last game I saw them play against uh, Vegas, they ended up losing, but they dominated. They lost in overtime, but it was like, they, they, I think they outshot Vegas like 35 to 15 or something. It was unbelievable how well they looked. They, they uh, Marty St. Louis got those boys playing, and they're not getting contribute. The other thing about Montreal is they're not getting anything from Slavkowski. They're not getting anything from uh, Suzuki's look good. Oh, dang. I think, uh, uh, I think we just had a check from behind in the uh, Colorado game. I don't know. Let's see. Oh, that, no, that's no. definitely a I don't know. No, yeah. The the Colorado, St. Louis has a power play now. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know what the St. Louis player did wrong. Why Manson got so heated up at, uh, anyway, that was odd. Okay. Uh, what, how, what do you guys feel about Canadians Coyotes? I'd probably call it a draw. It's going to be low scoring. Maybe not low scoring. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I have a hard time on that game too. I mean, the I, I agree with you. I think I think Montreal pulls that one out. Yeah. They're, they're they're on a roll right now. They're feeling good about themselves. Uh, it's well, it especially if uh, the Coyotes win this game. If the Coyotes win this game, I definitely like Montreal tomorrow at plus money. Yeah, just a back to back to where you have to travel back home to like is a thing. Yeah. Even though but it's if they lose it, play. if they lose it, there might be a little more, you know, a little more juice in the tank. But if they win it, yeah, yeah. But I agree with Rico. I would put a little bit on the draw and a little bit on Montreal. So the only thing you don't want is for Arizona to win in regulation, and I think it's a pretty good chance that they don't. So, uh, Jets Golden Knights, and our friend Jay is already. He's a Golden Knights fan. He's He's chimed in a bunch. Jets are Jets are the underdog plus one forty. It's in Vegas. Vegas is not lost in regulation eight zero and two. Uh, uh, I have to say, I like Vegas. For a I, agree. I agree. Rico, are you good or Vegas yeah. all day. Vegas all day in regulation? Yeah. It's a bad spot for one okay. We're just gonna. Oh, he's back. Okay. All right, Rico. What do you got in the Vegas Jets game? I'll take. I'll take the Golden Knights. Yeah. That would be a huge win for Winnipeg if they won it, but. Yeah. I don't think they do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with both of you guys. Uh, Sharks host the Canucks. Sharks are 8 and one. Canucks are six two and one. I, I don't want to spend any time on this game. It's going to be the Canucks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Easy pick. You're not you're not betting. I'm not betting the Sharks all year long. Pretty much. There's no way. Yeah, I mean they're going to win a game eventually. 
Um, I thought it was going to be in my Capitals the other day, but they scored three third-period goals, so that helped out. The, look, there's been no lack of effort. I think David Quinn's got those boys humming. They just have no talent. They're basically an AHL team right now. Yeah, They just don't have any high-end talent. They can't hang. And uh, until they get Logan Couture back, they don't really have a top center, so it's going to be interesting. Um, Predators in Seattle. Preds are the underdog, plus 105. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Preds are 4-5-0 and, oh, and Seattle's 3-5-2. and two. Um, I believe the Preds have been on the road in the West for quite a while. No. Yeah, they, yeah they played in Vancouver uh, last night. It got smoked. Uh, but they were in the game for most of the game. Uh, I'm going to take the Preds on that one at plus 105. I think that's a value pick. I, I do think they've been – Playing okay hockey, they just not getting a ton of secondary scoring yet. Um, that's the last game of the night. Uh, what you guys uh, both said, Seattle. Um, who, I wanted to talk about this conversation before we go, and I should have done it with Dylan and RJ on here. If you're in charge of a team like the Flyers or the Yeah, the Golden Knights aren't playing the Avalanche tomorrow, Jay. We'll talk about that game tomorrow. Uh, we're just previewing tomorrow's games. We'll preview Friday's games tomorrow. Um, great game, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch that one. I'm going to be – we'll be on that. We'll be live for that game for sure, uh, Avalanche and Vegas for sure. Um, if you're the – GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, what do you do? Like, you don't want to make the playoffs. They look really good. Zona, Zona just scored. I'm going to take you off. There's something going on. Arizona just off. scored. Oh, did Arizona make it 3-2? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kraus. Yeah, Arizona can't lose to Anaheim. I love Anaheim. I love their – Thing, but Arizona's a legit team now with legit young guys. That uh that Michelli man, what a pass right in front, Lawson Kraus. I have Michelli for an assist too, I believe. So that's good. Okay. But yeah, if I'm Philadelphia, what do you do as far as like like tanking? Is that what you're talking about? Well, no, but like you want to trade like Couture, or do you want to get rid of some of these guys that are helping you win so you can kind of start the rebuild or like oh if i'm san jose yeah yeah you just but san jose doesn't have anybody that anybody wants the only thing i could think oh Oh, okay i'm sorry you said couture you met couturier in philadelphia (laughs) yeah sean Sean couturier in philadelphia i would trade no Uh, i wouldn't yeah I, I, I think Philadelphia, when you have a Tortorella there, you don't need what you normally need to do well. They're like, and, and, and Tortorella won't stand for it. He's going he's gonna to say, look, we're going to be the best we can be. Get a scouting staff to get as many players as you can. Don't worry about it. I don't need as much. I don't need much. They're going to get, I think they're going to grab some free <laughs> next year. I don't think this is going to be the rebuild everybody thinks it is going to be for them. 
I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I think if you get rid of Couturier, you're going to be looking for leadership like Couturier to on yeah. a rebuilding team. And the guy was drafted there. He's been through so much in and out of injury. Right. Finally coming back. Like if you get rid of him, man, he's the heart and soul of that team right it's now. Gonna it's take the, the, it's going to take the spirit right out of that organization. Yeah, no. I just don't think. No way, man. Yeah. Yeah, not Couturier. I don't. I, I understand why you would say that, Beard, because like if you're looking at a true rebuild, like if you're gonna really tear it down, for sure you can't. I just don't see it happening in Philadelphia. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be honestly different if Nolan Patrick, if they hit on Nolan Patrick in that draft, and he became a different player than he ended up being, and he yeah, a leader that's in a good, Philadelphia. Really things probably would have went a different direction there. Yeah. You don't even hear about him in Vegas anymore. Like his career's over, really. Who? Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, no, he just concussions can't make. Uh, we did have a couple of guys retire. Uh, Backstrom, we talked about a little bit. I, I mean, he's not saying he's retiring, but that's because he's got two years left at nine and a half million. So he, he's not going to. Um. Thornton, Joe Thornton, and Paul Stasny both retired. Both guys who Stasny played, for played really... a lot of games, man. Stasny played a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer like his dad was, but uh, you know, had a pretty good career, man. I think he had what eight eight hundred games. Yeah. And so did Backstrom too, man. That 06 draft, like that was, it was, that was the, uh, I think the Eric Johnson draft, I think wasn't John, was Johnson Taze in that draft too? Claude Giroux, I think. Backstrom. Backstrom was 05, I think. Was it? Or I, thought that was, I thought that was the 06 yeah. draft with Giroux and Backstrom and Eric Johnson. And I think Jonathan Taze was in there. My friend Trey is calling me. Um, he is he lives in Arlington. He's a he's a diehard Texas Rangers fan. So he's Dude, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's why I was trying to get I was preoccupied, like yeah, you're good. Keeping a World you know Series on, like just. I'll tell you too, man. Like you don't, you don't. If there's shit you want to watch or stuff you got to do, you don't have to come on. No, it's that's not a big deal. Like I, I, I don't want you guys to ever feel like this is a job. I want it to be fun. No, no, and cool. I, mean, I mean, there's gonna be like I'm taking the time off when I go to. We're gonna be off for, you know. Dude. Baseball is Five. done now. Baseball is done now, so I'm in hockey mode. I'm, I'm not a yeah. I'm not a constant basketball watcher. Football, I, I bet on. I don't sit there except for on, at red zone. But baseball is kind yeah. of preoccupies me. But now that baseball is done, dude, I'm all hockey now. Yeah, it's too bad. When are you when are you leaving to go to Toronto? I leave in nine days. Nine. I leave on the ninth. It's the first, yeah, and I'm back home on the 16th and we're but not doing wife, we're not doing any anything so Perlo, we're not gonna miss we're not gonna miss much i'll, I'll do the thursday before i leave we're gonna miss that friday uh we don't do shows on the weekend tuesday oh, i'll be we don't back do shows on the Perlo. weekend anyways yeah, Perlo, yeah. west, so, west has a flight sale on for another 20 minutes tonight 
Okay. Hmm? Uh, how much is that? Uh, it's They got a deal on right now. You could probably fly to Toronto and back and to Edmonton and back for 500. Oh, 500 bucks. Yeah. I, I, Beard's I, like, I don't want this fucking animal near me. <laughs> no, no, I don't mind. Rico and I are going to go to the Leafs Canucks game. We are going to that game. I am going to try to go to the Calgary Leafs game before. Yeah. Uh, so well, I got to make my ass. I got to get my ass out west too. You know, I've never you guys been to Saskatoon. Hey, so. We're gonna. Well, I've been to Saskatoon. I've been to Regina. I I've been to Edmonton. I was very young when I was in Edmonton. Though I was like three. So we're we're gonna make it to Edmonton too, Perlo. So we're gonna we're gonna meet oh, you there. That would be sweet. Love to see uh, you guys. But I could drive to Edmonton. Like Edmonton, I wouldn't even feel weird about it. It take me about a day. To get there, I mean, it would be hard driving, but I could get there like a, maybe two. My cousin drove from Calgary to Anchorage in three days. So, well, so Edmonton's a little further away. So not much, three hours difference. Yeah. Okay, but he drove from Calgary to Alaska. Oh yeah, in okay. Three days. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, further that way. Yeah. Calgary is way further away than South from me than Edmonton is. Yeah, yes, because you're further north. Yeah, so, we're further. Edmonton's yeah. further north. So yeah, yeah, you're right. So, okay. Well, I'm gonna end the show. I really appreciate a once again, R.J. Eskinos, Dylan Travers from Emerald City Hockey tomorrow. 10 p.m. Eastern, John Duncan, Off the Wall Hockey. Perlo knows him, Rico We're going to talk Boston Bruins. The great thing is we're going to have a Leafs game and a Bruins game to talk about. Yeah. So super happy to have John on. Uh, so glad he's coming on. Uh, Jay, we'll let you on Friday to do your picks if you want. Um, we're figuring the formats out, guys. We're trying to work it. We're gonna get better. We're gonna have more graphics. I'll have a I'll have a swear warning, um, you know, uh, if we need it. Um, but we're. I we're, think we we're went swear free today, didn't we? No, I Did dropped you? an f bomb for sure. Oh, did you? So yeah, yeah. Fuck's sake! But uh, I don't even notice it. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. I mean, I I want this to be an adult hockey channel. I don't mind if young adults come in, but. I don't want their parents getting mad because we're swearing like sailors. So, uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, looks like uh, the um, Arizona is going to take the 3-2 lead into this, uh, to the third period. And uh, that Colorado game is still real close, guys. So still a couple of great games. Uh, so thank you so much for being on uh, again to the Emerald City Hockey guys. We will see you tomorrow.